Tonight I'm going to preach about, there goes my heart again. Have you noticed that when you're living for the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Bible talks about the heart, that's what I'm about to talk about tonight. The heart, that's the real you. And sometimes you're serving, you serve the Lord and you love him and so on, and then you blow it. You say something you wish you hadn't said. You do something you wish you hadn't done. Well, there goes my heart again. That's what this is about. How it's gone crazy. Let me give you an example before I actually begin. Now, we're in Mark 7. We'll look at that in just a moment. I was in the military in the Marine Corps. I was a cook. And there was a time when uh, we were making hamburger patties. There were several guys on that side of the table, several guys on this side of the table. And right across from me was a guy that was really a close friend of mine in the, in the Marine Corps. Uh, he was a nice guy, even though he was a Yankee. That was okay, but, but that didn't matter. He came from Hartford, uh, Connecticut. But anyhow, we used to kid each other a lot, just, you know, just say these silly things, and, and we didn't think anything of it. We just enjoyed it. But one day while we were making those hamburger patties, now this is a real story. He said something to me, and I tell you right now, I don't know what it was. But for some odd reason, it hit me wrong. And I did an unchristian thing. I picked up a bunch of that hamburger and threw it at him. <laughs> it was a Laurel and Hardy uh, situation here. I threw that stuff all, in, all over the wall, all over him. I, I mean, it was embarrassing. I, I think I apologized to him 150 times. But look, that could have ruined my testimony for Christ. There goes my heart again. I shouldn't have done that. And I knew better, but I did it. Nothing I can do about it now. But at any rate, you need to be careful what you say, what you do, where you go, how you dress. People are watching. <laughs> And even though your heart may be right with God, remember you're still in the flesh. No, really, think about it. You're still in the flesh. And the devil's going to tempt you. The devil's going to do things to cause you to say things or do things you ought not to. Uh, that happens. And therefore, your heart goes in a different direction than what it ought to. Now, look at Mark, Mark chapter 7. We'll begin reading with verse 14. Now watch this very carefully. And when he, that's Jesus, had called all the people to him, or who, unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There is nothing from without a man that entereth into him, now watch it, that, defi that can defile him. But... The things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Now in verse 17, watch this. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. The disciples didn't get it. Sometimes they... They did a lot of dumb things, you know. They were great guys, but sometimes they just didn't get it. Anyway, Jesus answered them in verse 18. He said, and he saith unto, 
unto them, <clears throat> Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing, now watch this, whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him. Now what does that mean? Well, Jesus explains it. Now watch it. In verse 19 he says, Because it entereth not into his heart. That's why. When you eat something or drink something you ought not to, it doesn't go to the heart. It goes to the belly. Now pay attention. Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the drought, purging all meats. And he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For, for from whom within, out of the heart of men, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. All right. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray you'll lead me, guide me, direct me as I present this message. I pray that the Holy Spirit will use it to speak to our hearts and that the name of Jesus will be exalted. That's so important. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, I was going to tell you a story about a man who was in a hotel. And he was on the 16th floor. And he had to go all the way down to the first floor. That means a long ride. Well, he pushed the button to get the elevator door open. Elevator opened up, and there were a whole bunch of folks in there. And so he went into the elevator. And then as the elevator closed the door and started to go down, it went slowly. While he was in that elevator, he noticed that there was a man staring at him. And he got to thinking, why is that man staring at me? I mean, that's a weird thing, you know. And so he asked the guy, is there something wrong? And the man said, somebody's deodorant is not working. <laughs> and the man said, what? Somebody's deodorant is not working. He said, well, what are you looking at me for? I don't use the stuff myself. <laughs> I'm trying to be a little bit humorous so I can get on with this, okay? All right. Now, when I let myself and the Lord down, and I do that sometimes, and I'm sure you do too, right? There goes my heart again. It's gone in a different direction than it ought to, by the way. Now, in the Bible, the heart, the heart, H-E-A-R-T, is the center of anything, such as feelings, intellect, and will. It is the chief part, the seat of affection and passions. It's the seat of understanding, that's the heart, and the seat of the will. This includes the disposition of the mind, desire, designs, and intentions. It is the center of life. That's the heart. So keep that in mind as this message proceeds. Now, first of all, I want you to see the importance of a surrendered heart. Now, if you look at verses 20 and 20 through 23, now watch this. In Mark 7, verse 20 through 23, And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. 
For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Now, there's a lot of folks in this world, and I heard them. I've been in the school system enough to know that there's a lot of kids out there. They can't seem like they can't talk without cussing. Now, that indicates what's in their heart. Do you know that? That indicates they've got a defiled heart. Indicates they need the Lord desperately. All right, so keep that in mind. It is the center of life. All right, now let's look, first of all, at the importance of a surrendered heart. Uh, All need a heart transplant. That only Jesus can perform. And of course, you know, I'm not talking about the physical heart. I'm talking about that which I just mentioned, the soul, the the spirit of man. And we all need a heart transplant and need Jesus. And only Jesus can take care of that, by the way. Now, listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 and verse 45. He said, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. The mouth speaks, but it comes from the heart. It's either good or bad, whatever the case may be. Now, the issues of life proceed from the heart. But it's the mouth and lips that do the speaking. Now, even the believer can be guilty of some kind of thing that causes the heart to have a problem. When we do sin, and we do because we are in the flesh, even though you love the Lord, you're faithful unto him, somehow or another, since we're in the flesh, we still have the tendency to sin. We all do it. All of us do. We can say, oops. There goes my heart again. That's the idea that I want you to proceed today. Now, let's look at the importance, first of all, of a strong heart. The importance of a strong heart. Now, what does it mean to be strong? To be strong is to be well-established and firm and not easily overthrown or altered. Now, let me please make you understand this. Please understand. Listen to me. Stay firm in the faith, no matter what the world says. And sometimes I've oftentimes wondered, what would I do? You see, I can't answer that for sure because it's never happened to me. What would I do if somebody said, you defy the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you don't, I'm going to kill you? What would I do? The thing to do is to go ahead and accept Christ Speak of him anyway, even if it means the death of your life. Remember, that guy cannot take away your soul. He may kill the body, but that's going to die anyway. But he sure enough cannot kill the soul. And we need to learn to stand up against that which is evil, no matter what they say. Now, they tell us not to talk about homosexuality being a sin. May I say something to you? It is. And abortion? Definitely is a sin. That's the murder of little babies. And it's a sin. And the Bible has something to say about that, incidentally. Uh, We need to learn that. 
But anyway, to be strong is to be well established. Listen, get well established in the faith. Get to know the Word of God. It is the true, absolute Word of God. There's nothing else there is. Amen. Nothing. And we need to understand that. How do you do that? Well, first of all, guard against evil thoughts. Whew. Do you ever have evil thoughts? Yes. Proverbs, Proverbs 23, verse 7 makes this statement. Solomon wrote, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever you think about indicates what your heart is like. When we have evil thoughts, we can say, There goes my heart again, and those evil thoughts do come into the heart. Now, you can't. Now, by the way, it is not a sin to be tempted, but it is a sin to fall for that temptation. And that is the problem there. So when we have an evil thought, we can say, there goes my heart again. Guard against evil thoughts. Secondly, guard against madness. In Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 3, Solomon wrote this. This is an evil among all things that are done under the sun, that there is one event unto all. Now he's talking about death, by the way. Yea, also the heart of the Son of Man is full of evil and madness. Hear that word? Madness. Is in the heart while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. What he's saying, in essence, all of us are going to die. But there's some folks who get this madness in their heart. What was Solomon saying concerning madness? This refers to insanity or folly. Foolish things, in other words. When one gets angry, he may say foolish things opposite the actual reason. When we do such a thing, there goes my heart again. Did you ever do that? Have madness in your heart. You need to be cautious about that. What we are to declare, we should first consider it and think twice before speaking once. That is so important. Think before you speak. Think before you act. Be cautious. Thirdly, guard against deceitfulness. Jeremiah 17, verse 9, that great prophet wrote, The heart, now watch this, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, the human heart, in other words, is quite wicked and beyond cure without the ability to please God. Keep that in mind. Only surrender to the Holy Ghost can guarantee motives that are pleasing to the Lord God. Often we, now listen to this now, listen. I never thought about this before until I came across it in my study. It says, often we say to someone to give his heart to God. Now watch it. But God does not want your dirty heart. What I'm trying to say is, he wants to give us a new heart. That's what God wants to do. Don't give him your dirty heart. Just surrender unto him by faith in God. By the way, you're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're kept that way. And uh, let the Lord change your heart. Well, we don't know 
what our heart will do in a time of temptation. But we need to be ready to meet the enemy because he's going to fight against you. The, the devil is. Neither do we know the hearts of others, by the way. When I deceive, my, deceive myself and actually fall into a temptation, I can say, there goes my heart again. Keep your heart pure and don't have to say, there it goes again in another direction. And then fifthly, guard against a hardened heart. Let's don't harden our heart. Hebrews chapter 3. In verse 13, the writer wrote, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now what does it mean to be hardened? Now the hardened heart is the one that renders to be stubborn. And some of us get stubborn about things. We need to be careful about that. It's to become insensitive or unfeeling. There goes my heart again. We had, ought to have a heart of compassion to everybody. By the way, Jesus Christ died for everybody. And it matters not the color of the skin, what language they speak, what country they come from, how they act, whatever the case may be, Jesus died for one and all. I don't care what anybody says. That's the way the Bible teaches. That's, at least that's what it teaches me. <laughs> he died for all. Guard against all these things. It's important. Now the importance of a satisfied heart in Mark chapter 7, verses 40 through, 14 through 23. The Pharisees, now listen, the Pharisees were concerned about the uh, outward forms of tradition. And sometimes we are the same way. But devoid of faith and spiritual reality. In Isaiah chapter 29, <clears throat> verse 13, the prophet Isaiah said, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near with their, with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me. Now watch it. But, oh that word but, whew, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the presence of men, or the pre precepts of men. Uh, even though there are some people who will praise the Lord on Sunday in church, on Monday, curse, 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 and live like the devil, that really goes on. Did you know that? Nothing physical can defile a man, actually, morally or spiritually, such as eating with unwashed hands. See, the Pharisees were concerned about the disciples eating with unwashed hands. Let me say something to you. You know, Jesus had something to do with this. He had something to say. It is not a sin to eat with unwashed hands. However, I don't recommend that you do that. But that is not the big deal because what comes into the man does not defile him. It's what comes out of his heart. If you, if you eat something with dirty hands and you, you and use your hands to eat it, that is not going to affect your heart. Please understand that. But the heart, if it's wicked, will present things that are ungodly and it comes out of the mouth. The heart is ultimately wicked. Uh, I don't have time to finish this whole message. I hope you get the general idea. There goes my heart again. And we need to let our heart 
be sensitive to other people. I'm going to give you an illustration of that, if I may, as I close tonight. This really happened. I was pastoring a church at one time in Midland, Texas. There was a certain man in there. Oh, he was a godly man. I mean, he really was. He was wonderful to be with. He loved the Lord with all of his heart. However, he was very strict on the Old Testament teachings of what to eat and what not to eat. In other words, he wouldn't eat pork. You know what I mean? So one day, now listen to me, one day he invited me to go with him to a, a cafeteria. And I, I don't usually turn down a meal. I said, okay. So we went to this cafeteria and going through the cafeteria, getting our food and all that, I saw these beautiful pieces of pork chop. And I thought, oh my, doesn't that look good? But because I was with him and know his belief on that. By the way, if I had gotten pork chops, he wouldn't have said anything about it. But I know how he felt about it. Therefore, I chose fish instead. Oh, by the way, I enjoyed the fish. Uh, but I really wanted those pork chops, to be honest with you. But because of that, folks, that's what you have to do. Be sensitive to other people. Whether they're right or wrong doesn't matter. Actually, he was in the wrong in the sense of having that feeling. But if he does, he does. But he's a godly man. So therefore, honor that. And so I stayed away from the pork chops, took fish instead. And I was just as satisfied with that as I would have been with the chops. Be sensitive to others. Let your heart be right with God like Jesus was right with God and how he taught people and how he loved people. Isn't it amazing that Jesus loved me? I can't get over it. Because I let him down oh so many times. When I was younger, before I got saved, I wasn't a drinker of liquor. I didn't want the stuff. My dad drank it, and I saw what it did to him, so I didn't want part of that. I didn't even smoke. Never have had a cigarette in my mouth. Never. Did that make me righteous? No. Cuss? No, I didn't do that. Uh, I was basically a good little boy. I was, a, I was an angel. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, I didn't do all those sinful things that you think about and talk about. But I was lost. I didn't know it until a friend of mine invited me to go to church with him where I could hear the gospel. It was a Pentecostal holiness church. I went in there, I heard the gospel, and it spoke to my heart. And those people in that Pentecostal holiness church prayed for little old me. Had they not done so, I would have been lost. Because at the same time that I got saved, that was back in 1964, my dad and my mom became Catholics. And you know why my dad wanted the Catholic church? Because you can still sin. That's it. You can still sin. All you got to do is go to the priest. He'll bless you, forgive you, and go your merry way. I found out, ladies and gentlemen, through the Pentecostal Holiness Church and eventually the Free Will Baptist Church, that is not the way it works. And we need to understand that. You can stop sinning all day long, quit doing, going to the honky-tonks, running around with women or whatever it is that you're doing, 
You can stop all of that, but that won't make you saved. You're saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, it's by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Period. Remember that. If there's anybody in here who's never known Christ as his or her personal Savior, I pray that today, this evening, you'll change that by repenting of sin, accept Christ, be saved.